Well, good evening. Thank you for joining us tonight via live stream. We are delighted to uh, come to you tonight into your homes uh, once again on a Wednesday night. And we do appreciate so much you joining with us. As always on Wednesday nights, we're going to open up with a song. So we invite you to sing with us where you are, there with your family. Whether you're in your car, your living room, Brother Ken, come let's sing together tonight. Amen. We'll be doing Oh, How I Love Jesus tonight. That's Oh, How I Love Jesus. We'll do three. so much, Brother Ken. I appreciate that tonight. We put out on our call system yesterday uh, several prayer requests. I'll remind you of those. Uh, please be praying for Sister Kim Durham. We just got word a few minutes ago that she is uh, there trying to find her long-term care facility. So we'll keep you posted on that. If you would, please lift up Kim. She's got uh, lots of physical needs that she's dealing with. Continue to pray for Sister Vernon, Margaret Vernon. She remains in the hospital. And then, of course, Brother Paul Barton was also taken yesterday to the hospital. Uh, Brother Doug Clark is home today, so we thank the Lord for that, but continue to pray for him as well. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And as always, we invite you to put your prayer requests in the uh, uh, comments box, and our leadership team will surely be praying about those. Let's pray together tonight. Lord, we come to you tonight. In that name that is above every name, that name that whose image every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. We are so grateful that you've given us the opportunity to come into our family and our friends' homes tonight. Well, Lord, we miss them around here, but we're glad that we're able to just come to them, Lord, through the means of live stream. Lord, I pray a special touch upon these prayer requests that we mentioned tonight. Uh, Lord, we ask you to especially touch those in our congregation who are hospitalized. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless them in a mighty way. Lord, give them that peace that passes all understanding. Lord, bless our Bible study time tonight. For everybody that's listening, I pray that you'd have a special touch of grace 
grace upon them and their families during this difficult hour. And Lord, we know that you do all things well. We take our rest and our comfort and our peace and our joy from you. So Lord, because we know that you've got it under control. Bless now in our services tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Let's have another song, Brother Ken. Man, we'll do a favorite one of mine, The Windows of Heaven. We'll sing it one time through. That's the window of us, windows of heaven tonight. The windows of heaven are open. The blessings are falling tonight. There's joy, joy, joy in my heart since Jesus made everything right. I gave him Brother Ken, come on, get ready, buddy, if you would. I want to give a, a special uh, announcement tonight. Uh, I want to say thank you to those ladies who have continued to uh, work so tirelessly to sew masks in our community. Uh, we appreciate that immensely. Uh, they will be working again tomorrow night, practicing all the social distancing that our governor has put in place. So uh, I want to say again, thank you. We are getting requests from all over the country. Uh, regarding this and I'm going to have a big announcement regarding this initiative on this coming Sunday morning uh, so we invite you to tune in again I'll give you lots of information about that some big details uh, regarding this mask initiative that we're trying to help out around the country uh, details on Sunday morning we're going to have a song and then I'm going to get back into the word tonight out of Psalm 23 you listen to the song this evening Sharon, the lily among the thorns. 
trio well done tonight indeed he is altogether lovely our lily among the valley our bright and shining star rose among the thorns what a good song what a good job that is turn with me tonight to psalm 23 in your bibles if you would please psalm 23 i'm going to give you the second message of what will be three maybe four we'll see how far we get next week uh, from psalm 23 you'll recall that on wednesday nights here at our church uh, we've been doing a series of messages that we've called Back to Basics, where we are looking at tentpole scriptures, verses in the Bible that stand out as critical to the foundation of our faith. Uh, tentpole, if you will, helping to undergird everything that we believe. And as I said last week, I can't think of a passage that is more meaningful, more impactful, more quoted, or even more relevant today with what we're dealing with than Psalm 23. I am glad tonight that we have a good shepherd. Uh, when I was a youngster growing up in church, uh, there's a lot of singing we used to do about that. And then when, I, uh, when my father-in-law became the pastor at Wayside Baptist many years ago, there was a song he and his wife would sing uh, that always reminded me of Psalm 23. It was simply entitled, In Times Like These, uh, we need a Savior. I'm glad tonight for all of us that know the Lord, uh, though we might not understand what's going on, we can trust in the one who does. So I'm going to read all of Psalm 23 again tonight, but we will focus our time, our energy, and our attention on the third verse. But let's read the whole thing once again. David writing, and he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 2 says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Last week, we reminded you that Psalm 22, 23, and 24 are profoundly important passages to the Jewish audience. They are reminiscent to all of us as believers. Psalm 22, talking about Jesus in the past. Psalm 24, looking at Jesus in the future. But Psalm 23, reminding us uh, of our present reality, that for all of us that know the Lord, we have a good shepherd. There are lots of analogies that God uses when he likens the relationship between himself and the church. In Jeremiah, he talks about he's the potter and we're the clay. 
He likens the fact that he's the bridegroom and we are the bride. He even talks about the old ship of Zion and we're the passengers on board the boat. But I don't think there is an image that is more meaningful or more impactful for us in modern society and in our current crisis than this reality that he is our good shepherd. We talked last week about verse number one and the expression of the sheep. How he mentions his name and his nature. We talked in verse number two about the experiences of the sheep. And how in that experience we have a personal relationship with the shepherd. And we have a precious relationship with the shepherd. But for just a few minutes tonight, I want us to focus our time, our energy, and our attention on verse number three. There are two elements. Notice, as is often the case in these verses, they are what we call couplets. A couplet is simply two thoughts that are brought together, separated by a punctuation mark. Most of the books of poetry, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, most of those are written in couplet form. So each verse typically is two thoughts that are joined together by a, 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 a punctuation point. Notice verse 3, we have two thoughts. The first one, he restoreth my soul. The second one, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We will unpack verse number 3 tonight. And since there are two thoughts, I've got two points for you related just to verse number 3. Number 1, when we look at our relationship to the Good Shepherd, we as sheep understand that the Good Shepherd provides life. I want to hone in for just a moment on that phrase, He restoreth my soul. What does this mean? What does the word restoreth mean? Well, to understand that, uh, we have to recognize the fact that of all of the responsibilities of the shepherd, of all of the duties of the shepherd, there is none more important than giving life to the sheep. There is none more important uh, in the roles and responsibility of the shepherd uh, than to give uh, what we are going to call tonight that life to the sheep. What does he do? Well, we understand, first of all, that in giving life to the sheep, the shepherd saves the lost sheep. The shepherd saves the lost sheep. Scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, that absent the Lord Jesus Christ, we are dead in trespasses and sin. Interestingly, the word restoreth means to bring back or to give back. So I want you to understand that one of the most important things that the shepherd does is to give back, if you will, or to give life to that desperately dying sheep. Without the shepherd, the sheep will die lost. Let me say that again. Without the shepherd, the sheep will die lost. But not only does the shepherd save the lost sheep, the shepherd also saves the wandering sheep. The shepherd also saves the wandering sheep. It is almost, in my mind, impossible to talk about this passage without actually juxtaposing it to Luke 15. So put your little bookmarker there where you always do and turn with me to Luke chapter number 15. 
A lot of you who are part of my church know that we often talk about Luke 15 as God's lost and found department. you got three beautiful parables there. You've got the parable of the lost sheep, one out of a hundred. you got the parable of the lost coin, one out of ten, or sometimes called the lost silver. And then you got the parable of the lost son, one out of two. The beautiful thing about it is in each of these situations, the Lord, the shepherd in the case of the sheep, goes after the one that has gone astray. Let's read Luke chapter 15, beginning in verse number 3. This is Jesus. He spake unto the, this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? The parable of the ninety and nine is, in my mind, all about restoration. These sheep are already belong to the shepherd. And so this shepherd realizes that there is a sheep that has wandered out from the fold. He's wandered away, if you will. I am so glad that the shepherd values the one lost sheep enough to do what is ever necessary to bring that sheep back into the fold. When a sheep gets lost, when a sheep wanders away, the shepherd does everything that is needed to reclaim the lost sheep. I will stop a moment and say, if you're like me, and you were saved for any length of time, you have to give testimony to the fact that there are times when you wander away from the shepherd. Boy, I wish I could stand here tonight and tell you that ever since I got saved on June the 13th, 1976, that I had stayed contentedly still in the sheepfold. I can't tell you that. There are times in my life where I'm ashamed to admit that I didn't just walk away. I didn't just wander away. There are times when I ran away. I am so thankful tonight that the shepherd that claims me as his own did not look over on the hillside and say, See ya. If you're going to leave, I'm going to let you go. I'm sorry to see you walk out of here. I'm sorry to see you leave. I'm glad our shepherd loves us enough to do what is necessary to bring us back into the sheepfold. Well, what does he do? What does he do? Well, Luke 15 tells us exactly what he does. Look, if you would, at verse 5. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders. Well, i got to stop there because there are some things that happen in those two statements alone. Because Scripture says, when he hath found it. So the first thing we see is that the shepherd goes searching for the sheep. The shepherd goes searching after the sheep. Most of the time, sheep, we talked about them last week, being dumb, defenseless, uh, 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 aimlessly wandering. Sheep will find themselves in crevices. They will find themselves trapped in cracks. They will find themselves trapped in all kinds of briars. Uh, their wool gets caught, uh, and they find that uh, absent the touch of the shepherd, uh, they have no hope but death. I am so thankful tonight that the shepherd uh, is willing to put into care the rest of the 99 so that he can go after the one wandering sheep. He doesn't turn away from it. 
He doesn't leave it to languish in this dangerous place. He lovingly, listen now, lays his hands on the sheep. Why? Because the sheep know the touch of the shepherd. You understand that when the sheep find themselves in these terrible positions... When they find themselves caught in the briar patch, when they found themselves stuck in the crevice, when they find themselves in situation in which their lives are at risk, they become terrified. You can hear the pain, the bleeding. You can hear all of that that the sheep is letting out. And to steal and settle the sheep, the first thing that the shepherd does is lovingly lay his hands or lay his hands on the sheep, comfort it, and let the sheep know that the shepherd is on. On the scene. I'm so glad tonight for those times in my life, you hear what I'm about to say, when I've walked away from the Lord, when I've wandered away from the Lord, when I've ran away from the Lord, I am so thankful tonight for those times in my life, though I'd made a mess of things, I could still feel the touch of the shepherd. It let me know that he had not forgot about me. It let me know that I was still important to him. I'm grateful tonight that when the shepherd comes to us in grace and mercy and offers forgiveness, the first thing he does is to lay his hands on us and let us know he's on the scene. But notice the next thing. Because it says when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders. But Wait a minute. There are some other elements here that i got to include for you. Because not only does he lay his hands on the sheep. Remember I said a moment ago that oftentimes sheep will find themselves in crevices and cracks. So in order to, to, to put the sheep on his shoulders, he's got to literally lift the sheep. You understand that in order to get the sheep on his shoulders, uh, after the shepherd has laid hands on the sheep, he has to lift the sheep. Why does he do that? Well, the shepherd realizes That he's got to reach down wherever the sheep might be. He's got to reach down and lift the sheep. We'll talk about this next week. But that's one of the reasons that the staff is so important. Do you understand that oftentimes sheep find themselves in in positions that are very difficult to lift out of? So the shepherd will take the staff and literally lift that sheep out of the cracks, out of the crevices, uh, and let the sheep know uh, that he's got them in a position of safety. He comes alongside the sheep, reaches out to them, lifts them, and lets them know that he has it all under control. I will stop tonight and say thank God for the fact that none of us ever get so far down in sin that the good shepherd can't lift us out of wherever we are. I'm glad tonight that we don't descend so deep, we don't wander so far, we don't walk away so much that the shepherd cannot lift us, that he can't lift us out of the sin. Thank God that when Jesus comes, he delivers us from all of the mess we've made for ourselves. He lays hands on the sheep. He lifts the sheep. And then we read about in verse number 5, he hath found it. He layeth it on his shoulders. He layeth it on his shoulders. I think most all of us have seen that iconic image of that of the shepherd, usually Christ, 
with the sheep draped over his shoulders. The forelegs are down the right shoulder. The hind legs are down the left shoulder. You ever wonder why the sheep, the shepherd does that? I mean, why does he not just lift the sheep and put the sheep on the ground and say, all right, time to go? Or if the sheep is injured or wounded, why does he not carry him in his arms? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says uh, that he lifts the sheep and puts the sheep around his shoulders. Literally, that sheep is draped around the neck of the shepherd. Why? Why is that necessary? Well, you understand that oftentimes when the sheep wanders away, injury is real. Oftentimes, their spindly legs will break. Because of the cracks and the crevices they find themselves in. But I, I also want you to realize that on the shoulder, listen to what I'm about to say. On the shoulder of the shepherd, the world looks awfully different. <laughs> on, the uh, on the shoulder of the shepherd, the world looks very different. You see, if the sheep were on the ground... The natural inclination of the sheep is to look down. The natural inclination of the sheep is because of the structure of their body and the way their head is formed. They inevitably will look down. They'll see the ground. They'll see where they were. They'll see the damage. They'll see the mess that they've made. But draped upon the shoulders of the shepherd, the sheep has no choice but to look up. The sheep has no choice but to focus on the fact that he's been removed from the mess. He's been removed from the mire. And he can rejoice over the fact that now draped upon the shoulders of the shepherd, he has a whole different point of view. But I also believe that draped upon the shoulders of the shepherd, the sheep can catch a glimpse of home. <laughs> the sheep can catch a glimpse of the direction he's heading in. What do I mean by that? Well, the shepherd will go anywhere he needs to go to get the sheep. Thank God for that. That shepherd will lift that sheep, drape it around his neck and his shoulders. And the closer the shepherd gets to home, the more excited the sheep becomes. Why? Because he can see where he's going analogy that I have that is a little funny. Most of our, my church knows this. We have a little miniature Datsun named Cupcake. Cupcake's got some health issues. And so she's constantly, every couple of weeks, we're having to take her back down to the vet and uh, get some shots. And it's been a crazy couple of months for that little dog. Uh, and interestingly, when we go down to the vet, Cupcake begins whining and moaning. In fact, about two miles before we get to the vet, the dog knows where she is, and she ain't happy about it. She ducks her head, she tucks her tail, she whines, she moans, and she does not like going into that vet because she knows that what she's about to experience, she doesn't like. But it's altogether different when we get close to home. 
about two miles from the house. Well, our vet is in North Carolina. So when we cross over to the Virginia line, she begins to recognize the scenery, and her whole demeanor picks up. She gets excited. Uh, she starts shaking. She starts barking. And when I pull onto our road, uh, she about jumps out of the ar- my arm because she's so excited to be home. She sees home in her mind long before we ever get to the house. I believe that's why the shepherd lifts the sheep and puts it on his shoulders. Because the closer they get to home, the sheep realizes that it is going to be fine because it's almost made it home. And then I also think one of the reasons that the shepherd totes the sheep is it recognizes the fact that it is carried by the power of the shepherd. Oftentimes, as I said, the sheep will be extremely damaged in body. It is very common, I read a couple of weeks ago, it is very common when a sheep wanders off to break its leg. In fact, one of the things I read is that a shepherd will oftentimes have to create a leg splint for that sheep in order to even transport it because its legs are typically broken, at least one. So that sheep, left to its own design, would not be able to make the walk home. Even if it was lifted by the shepherd, it would not have the power, the might, or the ability to make it home. But when it is lifted on the shoulders of the shepherd, the sheep realizes, I don't have to depend on me. The shepherd's carrying me the rest of the way. There's an awful lot of us tonight who would have to amen to the fact of the simple statement, when we can't, God can When we can't make it on our own, we serve a God who can put us on his shoulders and carry us the rest of the way home. Number one tonight, we said the good shepherd provides life. I want you to go back to our scripture text, Psalm 23. And let's look at the second part of verse 3. The first part says, he restoreth my soul. We know what that means. He brings us back. He calls us back to himself. He brings us back into the sheepfold. Restoreth means to bring back. But it is the next clause that I want to spend the next couple of minutes, and we'll be done tonight. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness And notice that last prepositional phrase. It's important for his name's sake. Not only does the good shepherd provide life. Listen. The good shepherd also provides leadership. You see, one of the things that I have learned in my 50 years of life, 8, 19 years of pastoring, 20-some years of preaching, is that the good shepherd always leads the sheep in the right way. It's not a question of is his way the right way. It's a question of are we going to follow his leadership. You see, in verse number 2, it makes it plain, listen, That there are times where the shepherd will lead us into what he calls in verse number 2, green pastures. The shepherd will lead us into places of calmness, peace, joy, 
serenity, praise. The shepherd will lead us into those places and thank God for them. What about verse 4? Verse 4 says, yea, though I walk through the valley. There are times when the shepherd will lead us to the glen, the sweet pastures. There are also times when he will lead us to the gorge. He will allow us, he will lead us into valleys that are difficult, that are painful, that are challenging. Here's what I want you to get. Wherever he leads is the right way. Whether he's leading us beside those still waters into those green pastures. Whether he's leading us into the valley where he's got a lesson for us to learn. Wherever he leads is the right way to go. His path is always right. His direction is always right. I want to close tonight with a simple thought. Scripture says, He leadeth me in the paths, plural, of righteousness. The word paths, most of us understand when we think of a path, we think of a trail, we think of a hiking experience or a pathway that you'd walk down. And in fact, The word path actually comes from a word that means circuit or orbit. Stay with me. I'm almost done. The smart sheep, the wise sheep, will be the one who recognize that wherever we go, we have to orbit ourselves around the shepherd. You see, I believe what Scripture is saying there is that regardless of where we are in life, regardless of whatever we experience in life, the key thing we have to do is keep our mind and our eyes and our attention on the shepherd. Just like the Milky Way galaxy. Just like our solar system. You know our solar system orbits. All the planets orbit one body, the sun. You understand that regardless if it's the closest planet, Mercury, or the farthest planet away, Pluto. I know they say Pluto's not a planet, but when I was in school, it was a planet, so I'm going to call it a planet. The the planet that's the furthest away, Pluto. They all orbit one central body, the sun. I want you to think about this tonight, church. I promise I'm done. Being led by the Lord. Listen. Being led by the Lord does not mean that we get some kind of transcendental experience and he drops down out of heaven and speaks to us verbally. Being led by the Lord means that we keep him central in everything that we do. Being led by the Lord means that his word is central in everything that we do. That's the reason he says in Psalm 119, his word is a light and a lamp. A light unto our feet and a lamp in our pathway showing us the way to go. In short, as sheep, we are orbiting the shepherd.
Let me close tonight with two simple statements. Never before in our lifetime, I'm 50 years old almost, never before in my lifetime has our nation needed a shepherd more than what we do right now. The last two days have been startling in their forecasts of what our country might face. Never before in my lifetime, some of you senior saints who have lived perhaps through World War II, or even some of you who lived through the Depression, you understand that what it's like to be in these situations. But for my generation, this is all new. Never before have we needed a shepherd more than what we need now. So I want to close tonight with this simple statement. Regardless of what comes, regardless of tomorrow's prognostications, and regardless of what happens, let's keep our mind, our eyes, and our attention orbited on the shepherd. Father, thank you for the time tonight. For a few moments to study this passage of Scripture. Lord, I say thank you tonight that you are our good shepherd. Lord, in times like these, we need a Savior. In times like these, we need an anchor. Lord, I'm so glad, as the songwriter said, I'm glad that I have both. Thank you for being our good shepherd. Thank you for leading us in the paths of righteousness, not for our sake, not for what we want, not for what we desire, but for your name's sake. I'll pause a moment and say, ask a special touch of grace. Lord, upon our frontline heroes tonight. Lord, this country has often looked to its military men and women to defend it from enemies. But tonight, we're looking at our frontline medical personnel as being those heroes. Bless them. Bless their families. Bless those who are under their care. But I also ask a special touch upon our leaders, federally, statewide, and locally. That you'd bless them in their decision-making processes to guide their communities, our commonwealth, and our country. And Lord, help us all to do our part in these days ahead. Lord, when we come on the other side of this, and we will, when we come on the other side of this, may we do so with the knowledge uh, that you are still a good God. We love you tonight. That's not a surprise. What's so amazing is that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us tonight. Remember, ladies that are helping tomorrow night, with our sewing for those masks that we're sending now all over the country. And then we'll join you on Sunday morning, 1045, some important announcements that we'll be making uh, over the, for the, uh, regarding the next several weeks. We'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in. Good night.